Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Well, hello there, internet, and welcome back to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast. So this week, we are continuing with our theme of non-perfectionist goal setting for the new year, and I wanted to bring on Mark Breedon, who is an online strength coach for women, to talk about how we can approach exercise and specifically strength and weight training in a non-aesthetic and non-weight-focused way. So in this episode with Mark, he and I are going to be talking about how feeling strong is for everyone. It's not about what you look like or your weight on the scale. Mark hits home on how your body and your weight do not measure your worth and they should not be prohibitive to anybody who wants to work on building strength and health through weight training. We're also diving into the biggest myths and misconceptions around strength training for women, the nuance that's missing from the anti-diet and potty positivity community to help people who are leaving dieting and want to pursue health, and how your training journey should be benefiting your mental health, not coming at the cost of your mental health. This is an episode where regardless of whether or not you are interested in strength training, if you are somebody who loves strength training, if you've never done it before, if you, one, have ever been curious about weight training or strength training and how you can incorporate it into your life and not be triggered for an aesthetic or like weight loss purpose or anything like that, this is a great episode for you. So many of us, especially as women, the way we've been conditioned over the years, have all of these very severe limiting beliefs about what strength training looks like, what it should like, look like, what it's going to do to your body. And there are so many misconceptions around this. So Mark and I are going to be diving into all of those as well. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. (laughs) So whether or not you identify as someone who likes exercise, an athlete, an ex-athlete, or someone who identifies more with becoming one with the couch, I know you're going to get some great benefits and more knowledge out of this episode than you probably expected. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm really excited to talk about nuance <laughs> and why it's so important um, in you know nutrition and strength training and weightlifting and all the glorious things we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into that, could you introduce yourself a little bit and tell the listeners a little bit about you and your philosophy towards strength training? Yeah, thanks for having me. And I also want to get deep into the nuance because I think there's a lot of like misconceptions that exist and then we can definitely talk about that. So yeah, my name is Mark. I'm an online strength coach for women. I have what is known as like a weight neutral approach to training. So as opposed to training for weight loss or for trying to achieve a certain look, I focus more on like making women stronger, which it can be for life. It can be deadlifting their body weight, whatever that might be. Um, and focusing more on like healthy behaviors as opposed to, you know, the weight on the scale or like whatever happens to be the tip of the ideal look of the time. Like we kind of ignore all of that and really just focus on like making you healthy and strong. But yeah, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. It's funny because we probably, I think we talked for like 10 minutes just about like our philosophy and stuff before we even started recording. I was like, ah, crap, I probably should have started recording. But 
What I really love is even in the like the bio of your podcast, you have feeling strong is for everyone. It's not about what you look like or the weight on the scale. So this is a far cry from what is taught in personal training certifications and nutrition training and a far cry from what we'll see most of the time in like, let's say, traditional personal trainers and like just, uh, you know, stuff that we'll see on social media, especially for women. So how did you come to evolve to this kind of philosophy? No, that that's totally fair. And like, to be honest, this is still like relatively new and like, there's not a lot of people like me just yet. Hopefully that'll change in the future. Uh, I think we've seen some movement, but um, we're not quite there yet. And I, I didn't start that way either. Like I very much, you know, started as a trainer who was very focused on like weight loss and aesthetics and trying to achieve a certain look. Um, and that was true in my own journey. Like I always joke that like I started training when I was 18 because I had low self-confidence and thought that training for aesthetics would help me um, date more women and become better appealing. And those were, you know, it was a very shallow level of reasoning at the beginning. And it, it slowly changed over time. I, I think why it changed was there's a few things that I noticed. One, that people who really focused on aesthetics were like not happy in their journey. Like it was very emotional. It was a lot about what they didn't have as opposed to like what they did have. And when they didn't have other goals to focus on because the journey of weight loss and aesthetics is like very emotional and it's up and downs and it's like very hard to achieve. And if you do achieve it, like whether you keep it is like a whole other story that like we could get into. And I felt that like, this is not as rewarding of a journey as it's advertised. And I think like, that's super important to talk about, but as I focused more on strength training, both in my own journey and with like the women that I did work with, one, I found they just enjoyed the process a lot more, which I think is important. If you're going to train three, four times a week, like if you don't like it, it's going to be hard to stick with. Um, but also they were getting, they, they started liking, you know, who they were as opposed to like what they looked like and like what their body could do. Like it was no longer, you know, am I thin enough? It was like, oh, cool. I can deadlift my body weight now. I can do pull-ups. My body is capable of a lot of things. And that shift in focus made the journey just so much more enjoyable. And so slowly over time, I, I came from like, you know, a pretty shallow place and I eventually kind of moved into like, you know, what we really should just focus on making people stronger ends up giving them all the things that weight loss doesn't give them. And it, it, I, I truly just believe it's like the best form of training for most people. Well, I highly agree. And this is why you are here. <laughs> so one of the other things that I really love that you talk about a lot, both on your podcast and on your Instagram and everything is that that strength training is about overcoming limiting beliefs. Can you go into that a little bit more? A absolutely. And I would say is like for someone who's like a new lifter and a new lifter is someone who like hasn't done a program before, like they can be active, but if they haven't done like lifting weights in a program specifically, I would call them a new lifter. There's a lot of like limiting beliefs in what they think they can accomplish. Like a good example is like someone who's totally new, like maybe the barbell is kind of a scary thing for now. When they think about what they can accomplish in like three to six months, they think like, oh, like maybe I'll like add five or 10 more pounds to the weight or like it, it's, they, they're not super confident in what they could accomplish. Um, I have worked with many women at this point 
that can all deadlift their body weight in less than three months. Like we're talking like a totally new lifter. I've done this with women in their sixties. I've done this with someone who's never stepped in the gym before. And this is like, if you're training for three months in like a real program and really focusing on form and consistency, like you can deadlift your body weight in like three months. Like I'm very like adamant on this. Um, and I think like, that's very surprising to a lot of people who haven't done the strength training journey yet. Like that just seems like, well, it's just like, it's way too much weight. Like that's like, that's, that'll take years to get to. And it ends up happening like really fast. And what's cool about the strength training journey is you really prove yourself wrong in like a very positive way. And I think like, that's something that's super worth doing because like you kind of start off, like not really sure how it's going to go. And then as the more you do it, the more you realize like, I'm actually stronger than I thought I was. And like that just builds confidence, like just to be able to lift weight you never thought of before, um, start using the like quote unquote guy plates for like all your lifts now. Like, you know, um, it's a, it's a, it's a great journey. It's honestly, and I think it's one of those things that's like, it's hard to explain before you do it, but like, you know, I encourage everybody like really get into strength training for like three to six months, strength training, being like focusing on getting stronger. And like, you're going to accomplish a lot more than you think. And I think like, that's what makes strength training cool. I definitely agree. I mean, when I started strength training my senior year in college, it was definitely one of the most self-empowering things that I've ever done. Um, you know, you we talk about like female empowerment and everything like that. It's like you go, you think about these like uh, seminars that you go to and everyone's like, yeah, we can do it. But something like strength training is so empowering and confidence building because it's like you can look at the weight on this bar and you're like yeah I can lift that no problem and it translates into you know it's functional it translates into so many different things in your life it's like you want to be able to pick your kids throw them around in the pool or you know whatever it is you need to do you don't need to ask somebody to help with that and it also is I mean sure we can talk about the health benefits like bone strength and muscle strength and longevity and everything like that but it's also going to keep you safer in the long term you know you do if you learn how to lift properly you're going to be less worried worried about like, for example, hurting your back if you're shoveling snow or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really love your approach of talking about how we're trying to take the focus of strength training or really any kind of training like away from physique or aesthetics or weight and focusing on the actual health benefits of building strength. And one of the things that I really like that you said is no one can guarantee you a look and that being strong doesn't have a certain look because we all know and we've all seen the influencers and things on social media, Instagram, TikTok, who are basically, if you eat and you work out like me, then you're going to look like me. And we know that that's not how Take it works. Take my diet and training yes. verbatim and you'll look exactly the same. Yes, and like, yeah. exactly. It's very misleading, unfortunately. And I think like there's important reasons as to like why. Um Training and nutrition can change your physique. Like it can happen. I don't want to say like it's impossible, but like how it changes is like not really up to you. I think there's a lot of like, you know, we talk about what the look is. We're we're like the look right now, which changes all the time is kind of like hourglass figure, kind of like, you know, maybe a more muscular one that used to be in the past. Um, Where there are just factors that exist that are simply like out of your control for that. Like, where do you store body fat specifically? It's like very genetic based where you put on muscles, very genetic based, the look that you will attain through this, like maybe you'll change is like kind of the answer, but like in terms of like what that will look like, no one can really guarantee you that look. And that's why I think it's, you know, 
really problematic when as you see workouts it's like do this to like you know slim your hips or like hourglass figure or like whatever it might be like these are not promises that like anyone can guarantee you um and a lot of the time these people who have these looks now I think it's important to understand that like there is a genetic factor that exists to that, that like, just cause they did the training and got that look, like there are other factors that exist that got them there that like, honestly, we're just out of their control. And so when someone like tells you, you're going to look like this, I think they're, they're kind of overselling their services. Um, and yeah, specifically online, TikTok is the craziest. I don't know how much time you spend on some of the things I've seen on there, like insane, like it's like, 200,000 followers were like detox tea slit. Like I was like, anyways, but like, um, no, I totally agree. I, I, I 100% agree with you. And I wanted to like touch briefly on like what you talked about on like quality of life after you kind of mentioned that like 40s, 50s, 60s, like it's not just about like what you do in the gym. It's about like the things that, you know, I work with a lot of women who are in their 40s, 50s and 60s, like, and they want to be healthy. They want to be strong, but they also want to be like independent and they want to be able to do the things they want to do. And they want to be able to go skiing with their grandkids and they want to be able to go hiking and they want to be able to, you know, shovels, things like that. And like strength training benefits, all of those. And like, that's one of the things that I get, you know, uh, the women that I work with who are that age, like, you know, they hear like, oh, I can do these things now that I couldn't do before. Or like, now I can keep doing these things that I was worried about that I would be losing later in life. Um, that's also like a huge part of strength training that I don't think like uh, gets talked about enough. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, I want to go into what you think are some of the biggest misconceptions or like myths about strength training for women. Because when you just said that it reminded me that there is this gentleman who goes to my gym who's an older gentleman who's always commenting on the weights that women are using in the gym for their mm-hmm. own workouts which just pisses me off to no end but i would love to hear your perspective is this like a random gym member or is this like a trainer there no or... it's a ra- it's a just a person who's been going there for a long time just a guy just All a guy right. who just... likes to comment on both women's bodies and women's weights, I swear, I need to just like rein myself in because one day he's going to talk to me on the wrong day and it's just going to be a sock in the face. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's that's super problematic for like so many reasons. Uh, that's That's totally fair. I think the first one is like that like lifting heavy is unsafe. I think it's like important. That's probably like the big one is that like if you're you can learn to lift heavy over time. It's only really unsafe when you are lifting beyond your current strength, but there isn't like a weight on the bar. That's like, okay, you hit 200 pounds. Like now it's unsafe. Like it really is in relation to like your strength. And I think on top of that, like if you can learn to lift heavy, I I think it makes you safer. Like, I think like that's the, you know, if you can lift 200 pounds with like relative ease, then like when you lift 80 or 60 in your regular life, like that's, you're way less likely to get hurt from that because it's just less taxing on the body. So like having a good base of strength is what's going to keep you from getting hurt. And lifting heavy is part of that process where like, we don't have to do five pound weights for sets of 30. Like we can do, you know, we can deadlift a lot of weight off of the ground. Like we can squat a lot of weight upper body. We can start to learn to like dumbbell row, like thirties, forties, fifties. Like these are not like unhealthy. These are in my opinion, healthy things to do. That's like the biggest myth that I probably hear, um, that comes into it. And then also that like the weight room is scary initially, which I think is also like important to talk about. Cause I think, I think that that's, that's unfortunately like still a pretty major barrier that exists. Um, and I've kind of talked about that on my podcast on how we minimize that, that 
um, we need to find a way to make like the weight room seem less scary because I think you're, we're missing out on like so many helpful things of your journey just because like the weight room seems scary. And I want to like show people like, it's really not, it's not that scary. I understand why they think that, but I think there's some limiting beliefs there that if we overcome them, you, the benefits are amazing. That's like, those are like the two big ones that I keep running into. Yeah. Let's go into that because I was just going to say, there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast, who listen to it when it was just me as the host. And then also as Christina has come on as my co-host, but she's not here today. But a lot of people who have followed me for a while are like either former athletes, current athletes, people who like to go to the gym, whether that is in a more like cardio capacity or a strength capacity, right? Then we also have another subsection of people that's like, not really a moving type of person. And they might be thinking like, oh, strength training sounds like either more accessible or more fun. Like I want to be a strong, badass woman, right? Than just like running like a cardio bunny all the time. But they do either have these limiting beliefs as like, oh, I don't really feel like I would feel comfortable in the weight room. Or there are, you know, obviously these other factors of like, I don't know what I'm doing in there, or I feel really intimidated. Or when I go in there, people look at me funny for whatever reason, because I maybe I look like I don't know what I'm doing. Can you go into those limiting beliefs and how we can start to overcome those, especially for people who don't feel comfortable going into a weight room? Yeah. So there, there's a lot of great things you touched on there. So I think the first one is that if someone's like, I don't like moving, sometimes they have like a movement in mind that exists. Like they think like, I hate exercise. It's actually like, I hate running. And I think like, that's like the first thing to touch on is that like maybe introducing them to some other types of exercise. Like, I think it's good if you're going to continue training, like to actually like what you're doing, it's really hard to stick with things you don't like. That's like a really, that's a really big one. So I think that they would need to you know, maybe experiment and try some things out before they like totally say like, I don't want to do the exercise thing. Um, in terms of the weight room. So the one thing that I think I've noticed is that when someone gets to like their third or fourth workout in the weight room, it gets a lot better. And the reason it gets a lot better is that one, you notice that no one cares about your workout. Like you're just like totally like everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Um, even though the space is very open, like no one's really like checking out like what exercise, like everyone's like got their headphones in and they're kind of just like doing their own thing. Um, and, but I think there, it does require a little bit of bravery for those like first few workouts, but it does like get better is like what I've noticed where I've I've worked with women who were like very nervous those first few times. And then by week two, they're like, okay, no one really cares about my workout and I'll just like go do my thing. Um, I think that's like a good one to talk about. I think one of the major barriers that exists kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing is kind of what you're talking about. Like you mentioned that. I think one of the challenges that exists with strength training is that it's not as obvious to start. Whereas like, if you want to get into running, it's like pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> you get some running shoes on, you like go on the treadmill. Like it's like, you know, it's, it's easier to get into. And I think for strength training, there is kind of like an education component that exists at the beginning. And this is why like I would advise to get some kind of support or help at the beginning of strength training. I think it's good, like whether that's like a friend who knows what they're doing, whether that's like a trainer who like aligns with your values, whether in person or online, I think like the strength training, because like form isn't super obvious to begin with, or also like what exercises make sense for you at this time. So I think there's like some level of guidance that is, that is needed. If you want your workouts to be like as productive as possible, Um, or you want like, you know, in three months to see that body weight deadlift, I think like, I don't know anybody 
who had a good deadlift without being taught. Like, I think that's like a big, a big thing that that's important is that like, and it's okay to ask for help. Like we were all beginners. Like none of us just like went in the weight room and like crushed it out of the gate. Like that's definitely something that needs to change. And I think like, um, just having a little bit, getting a little bit of help at the beginning, whatever that might be, I think is just really beneficial. And what you'll learn in that time will help you become stronger, both like during the training with them, as well as like afterwards. I totally agree. Anytime I'm recommending any kind of weight training, I always say like, please hire a personal trainer or something, at least even if it's only for a session or two, so somebody can watch you move and analyze how you move. And if you need modifications for, you know, the different types of lifts that you're trying to learn. Um, mm -hmm. But so speaking of that, you've been talking about deadlifting a lot. Obviously, you're yes, a big advocate of deadlifting. Um, if somebody is interested in strength training, what are some of the movements that you would recommend they get some help with learning how to do because they will see long-term health benefits and feel like a badass while doing it. Yeah, ab absolutely. There's some like key movements that I think are really important. One is I think you got to figure out what your goals are. Um, deadlifting obviously resonates with me, but not everyone wants to be an amazing deadlifter. Sometimes they want squats or pull-ups or rows, whatever that is. Um, I think in general, I, I think learning some key movement patterns exist. Something like learning how to do a squat properly. If you learn how to do a goblet squat with good form, that form will translate into other types of squats. So I think that's like a really good base to start off with. I use the goblet squat a lot. Um, I think like a Romanian deadlift of some kind, dumbbells or barbells goes a long way to learn like the hip hinge movement. Um, some kind of row, I think dumbbell rowing is like the easiest version to like focus on at the start. And then like, there's other kinds of rows that you can get into. Um, some kind of like press movement, whether it's a shoulder press or a dumbbell press. And then I'm really big on carries. I think carries are really underrated, uh, like farmer's carries. It seems silly because you're literally just carrying a weight from one side of the room to the other, but it has like a ton of benefits and it will really help your strength and a lot of other movements. I think those are like the five that I would start with for someone who like just wants strength across the board. I think learning those are really helpful because if you learn what those are, then you can learn the skills of other exercises more easily. Like once you learn how to Romanian deadlift, then you can start using a barbell or you can start using, you know, deadlifting from the floor. Like a lot of other things come from that, but I think those are good places to start. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And if people are wondering like what a visual for a farmer's carry is, just imagine like carrying your groceries by your sides, right? Like who yeah, doesn't need to know exercise. how to do yeah. that? Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, one of the things that you had posted, I think it was like earlier in the spring, um, was that mental health cannot come at the expense of your fitness journey. Um, yes. and I would love to talk about that, but one thing I wanted to bring up as I was looking through the comment section, cause I like to dig deep into what my guests are doing and what people are saying is one woman was saying, um, my mental health was at an all time low when I was dieting and exercising too much. It made me hate fitness for so long because it became a chore. And then she was saying that she realized that my mental health needs rest and recovery, which I think is something that is not talked about enough. And we can apply this to nutrition. We can apply it to exercise. We can apply it to a lot of different things. So take the floor. It's yours. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I think rest and recovery are really, really underrated. So I think a lot of fitness culture, what it does is there's a lot, it's like very aggressive messaging and it's very like no pain, no gain. And I think that like gives us the idea that we need to go hard all the time. 
Um, strength training needs rest days. It's not even, it's not only is it like fine, but it is mandatory when someone is strength training, like how it works is you don't get stronger in the gym. You get stronger recovering from the gym. So you work out, you rest, recover, your body adapts and is a little bit stronger the next time around. And then you come back to the gym a little bit stronger than you were before. So rest days are like needed. So when I hear someone does like six to seven days of training, I always get like a little bit concerned because that's a lot of training, but not a lot of rest. I think what you talked about the mental health aspect is also really important. So your training journey should be benefiting your mental health, not at the cost. And I don't care like what your goals are, whether it's strength or weight loss or aesthetics that like we don't need to do this trade-off of like, well, I'm training super hard because like, maybe I feel terrible, but I'm going to look great. Or like, you know, my mental health will suffer, but I'll get this benefit. Your training program doesn't have to be one or the other. In fact, it should like enhance your mental health. And I think like that, and if you're finding that your eating habits are causing mental distress or your training is causing a lot of guilt or obsession, that like, we need to reassess what your training program is because those should be getting better with the training. Um, and I think like, maybe you need to reevaluate either the goal or the process of the goal or whatever that might be. Um, because we don't need to do one or the other, like we don't need to. And I, I think like fitness culture in general has done like a poor job of this, where I think it's very like aggressive motivation or it's very like no pain, no gain, or it's very like, you know, whatever it takes. It's like, listen, like, I don't want you to achieve your strength goals literally at whatever it takes. Okay. Like we need to like calm down a little bit on like kind of the messaging, like, and also I think it's important that like strength training can be a great part of your life, but it doesn't need, it's probably not going to be the only part of your life. You have a job, you have kids, you're running a business, like whatever it might be that like, we want you to become stronger, but your training program should fit into your life, not like the other way around because like becoming stronger and healthier are like important things, but like there are understandably other things that go on in your life. Um, and we don't need to choose either one. Like you can become stronger training three to four times a week. Like it doesn't need to be, you know, for like 30 minutes to an hour. Like we, we don't need to choose one or the other. We, we can have it all. We don't need to sacrifice our mental health or other aspects of our life to make our goals happen. Yeah. And I think that all or nothing mentality that comes with both nutrition and then also in the messaging for exercise with it being so aggressive is one of the roadblocks that holds people back from wanting to get into something like strength training because they think they have to be either like all in or I'm just going to be sitting on the couch and, you know, not doing anything. Um, especially with... <sighs> I don't know if this is the case on TikTok because I'm not on that side of TikTok, but especially with like Pinterest and stuff, if you look up like exercise motivation on Pinterest, it's like lions and Spartan warriors and, you know, all these different things. And like we've been talking about why strength training is so intimidated for women specifically, but I think there's also a misconception that like, oh, which this was definitely how the marketing used to be that women shouldn't do strength training because it'll make them bulky, especially at heavier weights, right? Like with curves and with all these other things, like, oh, five pound weights are okay. Eight pound weights are okay. It's like the little pink dumbbells and stuff. But if you do more than 15, oh my gosh, you're going to get bulky and no one's going to find you attractive. And it's just like, oh, face palm. I can't. <laughs> yeah. The would make you bulk. That's not still like a common concern that exists. It's good. And like, to be clear, like, I think Pinterest does like a terrible job of it because it like teeters into that. Like it really caters to that 
belief. So I think the first thing people need to ask themselves is like, okay, what is like, when I think of a bulky woman, who am I thinking of specifically? Because usually what I've noticed is that like, there's someone in mind, whether it's like a bodybuilder or a crossfitter or like something along those lines, like they, they do have like a person that they're thinking of. And when you ask them, what I've noticed is like, okay, so you think that bodybuilder is, is, is bulky, right? And that bodybuilder has spent 10 years of training um, goes super hard in their training, has incredibly, uh, specific nutrition plans may or may not be on steroids. It's like, keep it real here. Um, if you don't go that route, you're not going to look like her. And I think like, that's like important to understand. And that like, you know, the women that I work with, they are all strong. Um, they are all like, you know, very happy with their training, but their builds are very, very different. And I think like, that's like important too, is that like, I, I work with women who, you know, are as light as probably like hundred pounds and are as heavy as 400 pounds. Like none of them, a lot of them were forties, fifties and sixties. A lot of them are not this classic bulky look that I think people are, but they're strength training regularly. And I think like for people who are concerned about that, as long as you don't go the absolute extreme, I'm, I'm really not like too concerned. But I do agree that like the messaging that exists on things like Pinterest, where it's like five and eight pounds are okay, I think is really problematic because there's so many benefits to going heavy. And if you have this belief and like for one, like five, eight, like your kid weighs more than that. that you pick up. <laughs> like that's like, you know, in regular life, you're already lifting more than that. And so um, I think it's creating concerns that don't actually exist that if you lift heavy, like this is not like the look that you're probably going to get. Um, and that if you, if you don't want to go that route, you like absolutely don't have to. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, let's just focus on strength training. Let's just focus on making you stronger and healthier. We're not gonna, you know, we don't need to force any kind of physique on you. And yeah, no, I, I think that the messaging is like really, really poor. I think it's, it's unfortunately like, and it like, it's like a problem that doesn't really exist, but it's talked about so much that it almost, it exists because we talk about it existing. I think <laughs> yeah. like, that's like the, that's like, it, it exists for as much as we want it to. That's like, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. yeah. But if you lift, lift this five pound weight 30 times in a row, we work on toning and leaning your muscles, which okay. is also not is like, a thing. This is important. Yeah. So toning doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> so toning is like just the concept of adding muscle mass and lowering body fat. Like that's like the, there's no toning exercises. No exercises will tone you. Okay. They don't exist. And also if you have a strength training program that has reps over 20, I don't think your program's good. I think that's the, like, I, most of your, most of the training that I do with women that I work with are anywhere from like on the low end sets of heavy triples to on the high end, like sets of 12, sometimes 15 to 20, but that's pretty rare. Um, if you're seeing programs that are like sets of 30 or 50, or like how many reps can you do in a minute? Um, those in my opinion are like really poor strength training and you should, you should try something else is like my recommendation. <laughs> Look the other way. <laughs> yeah. Just ignore. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. Well, so let's talk about nuance a little bit more. Um, let's get into what we were talking about before we started recording the podcast. So it's interesting because we, you and I, and our, let's see, colleagues in this like very narrow field that we have do operate on this kind of like new playing field, right? Like weight neutral, body neutral, food neutral, and everything like that. And the hard thing about that is we have people on both sides that are like, no, you are wrong. So why do you get so much pushback and what do you do about that? 
So the most pushback that I get is um, from the bodybuilding scene because they are basically the opposite of what I am, where I am like, they care a lot about like, hey, having a certain physique, looking a certain way, your body is your title, your body is like your worth. And I am like literally the opposite where like, I literally don't care how you look or what you weigh. Like, it's really boring to me. I just want to make you stronger. So a lot of the pushback I get is because like, um, I just think their world is silly and problematic and creates other, and I've, I've had podcast episodes on like why you should never bodybuild. So like, that's like the world that I live in. Um, I think it's understandable why people would have pushback on our thoughts. Um, the weight neutral idea, at least in the mainstream is very, very new, uh, especially new in the training world. I actually think the nutrition world is a little bit more advanced on that. Although there's like, I know there's like divides between like weight loss dietitians and health at every size dietitians. I know it's like a, is like a problem that exists in that world. Um, I think it's understandable. People will have questions. I'm happy to answer any concerns or like, you know, people have heard about like the obesity epidemic every, you know, for the longest time, health advice was weight loss advice. Like it wasn't like they, you know, we're starting to see a separation of that now, but that was the concern for a long period of time. Um, so I think it's good that people have questions like, and it's understandable. And so when people comment or disagree or whatever it might be, I think, you know, as long as people are coming in good faith, I'm happy to ask the questions because I'm kind of sharing the new idea. And if you've heard for 35 years that weight loss is the number one goal and you can't be healthy if you're not at a certain weight, and then someone comes around and is like, actually, that isn't true that like we, you know, I get that people are going to disagree and have questions. And I think as long as people come in good faith, like I'm totally fine with answering them. Um, sometimes I have 15 year olds on TikTok that tell me I'm dumb and don't know what I'm doing, but I mean like, you know, that's just part of being online. That's totally fine. Um, that like, but if people have questions and they like generally want to know, or like want to see studies, like I'm, I'm totally fine with sharing that because we're sharing the new idea. Like, I think like it's understandable. There will be pushback and that if people want to learn more, like I'm happy to share that. I agree. And I think it's really important for us as um, like me as a clinician, you as a personal trainer, like in a kind of position of knowledge, let's say, and power. And with that, we kind of have a responsibility because if we in this newer field and position are trying to educate people on this new way of doing things, we can't just be like, oh, your old ideas that you've been basically brainwashed with for the last, you know, 30, 35, 40 plus years. And they're coming at us and saying, well, this is what I've been taught my whole life our perspective should be, okay, I understand that. And I validate right. that that's where you're coming from. But this is also new research. And this is what we've like clinical experience, anecdotal experience, working with uh, personal training clients, working with nutrition clients, and all this, this new body of research that's coming up to provide those resources. Because if we just shut those people down, they're never going to even be receptive to any kind of new ideas. I agree. Yeah. And like, I want to make like a quick caveat as well. Cause I think like sometimes this is, this is lost in the messaging. Um, I advocate for a weight neutral position. I don't care what you look like or what you weigh. Um, but I'm not here to say that you are a bad person or if you have those goals or that, like, I understand why those goals exist. I think sometimes we, um, there are advocates online who spend a lot of time calling people fat phobic. Uh, I think that that's problematic and counterproductive to the cause. I think that maybe, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but like either way we, you know, I don't want to shame people for having weight loss goals. I think like, that's like super important is that like, I think this is the best style of training. So this is why I advocate for it. 
But like, if you, if you truly care about aesthetics and only aesthetics, I don't think you're like a bad person. And I think like, that's important because um, not everyone who is online is good at explaining that message or like, doesn't believe that as well. And that's like problematic too. And I think like, we need to have, you know, we have to understand why people care about weight loss and aesthetics and then kind of show them a new direction as opposed to being like, oh, you want to lose weight? Well, you're fat phobic, I think is like really problematic. And I, I see it too much online from people who have similar beliefs that I do. And I think if we actually want to advocate for our position, we should explain why we advocate for it as opposed to like demonizing people online who disagree with us. So I think I just want to make that quick, quick clarification. I a hundred percent agree with that because I see, especially in the nutrition world, because just like with exercise, the old belief was like, oh, you need to be healthier. You need to lose weight. In order to do that, you need to eat less and exercise more. So you see a personal trainer and you see a dietitian. And when you go to each one of them, it's like, give me a plan so that I can lose weight. Right? So it's interesting. I was actually just having a new client uh, call with someone yesterday. And I always give this disclaimer if people put on my new client intake form, like, oh, one of my goals is losing weight. And I'm like, look, I just want to be clear with you. I'm not a dietitian that will give you a plan to lose weight. So if you're interested in calorie counting and macro counting or a plan for weight loss, that's just not what I do. I'm not here to shame you for it. I completely understand why you want to lose weight. Look at all of the messaging that you've been receiving for your entire life. At the same time, if that's what you want, I'm just not the right practitioner for you. If you are interested in using nutrition as a tool in a non-all or nothing way to enhance your life and enhance your energy and all those other things, we can do that. Your body might change with the changes that we make, but that's not my goal because body changes are not going to make you healthier. So I think I, I'm so glad that you brought up that nuance because there are a lot of people who seemingly have the same end goal or philosophy that we do, but I think they don't go about it in a very kind of welcoming way that can estrange a lot of people who are trying to get away from this very weight loss centric world and are interested in weight neutrality, but then they come to this like weight neutrality, body neutrality, food neutrality approach where they hear about it and they're like, wait a minute, there's all these people here that saying I'm a bad person because I want to lose weight. Like I don't really want to be at this party either. Yeah, I think, I think it's counterproductive. I think it just creates like more division that like what already exists, like kind of what you mentioned where it's like, well, if I go into this community and the community is like, well, you better care about weight loss or aesthetics. And if you have any goals like that, then like you're a terrible person. Um, or if you've ever tried to lose, or if you've like, you know, lost 40 pounds and are excited about it, then like you're bad, you're fat phobic. I think that's just like counterproductive to what we like want to achieve. I, and I think like, this is why I think that things like health at every size and body positivity has like gotten a bad rap that in like, or that we're not like evidence-based because like there are people that exist like that in like the community. And like, we really need as, as a community, like we need to work on that. I think like, that's something that like, we have to be much more welcoming and much more like, Hey, like you don't need to agree with us 100%. Like we're still going to advocate for our positions, but you know, we still like you. We still think you're a good person. Like it's not, you know, I, I think like, and I, I think that that's, just, it's just too toxic. And also doesn't like, it doesn't move the cause forward. Like, I think that's like the, like, like, what do we want to achieve? And I think like, yeah, telling people they're fat phobic on TikTok is like, not what's going to accomplish that. Well, it's also like, I don't want to leave. If, if I'm someone who's coming away from dieting and that's something that I want to move away from and like purely focusing on aesthetics with exercise, I'm not interested in lose, leaving one toxic community 
to come to another toxic community. Like, let's yeah, leave exactly. the toxicity behind. <laughs> yeah, and I think this is why I like doing, like, podcasts like this, actually. Because I think, like, it's really easy to be toxic if you're, like, a random account online. Or, like, it's, it's yeah, you know, I think, you know, this, this is slightly off topic. But I think it's it's so easy to be a bully online. It's so like, it requires no courage. It is so much harder to like go on someone's podcast or like talk to someone in person and be like, you're just a fat phobic piece of garbage. <laughs> like that is way harder to do. Uh, and like, I, you know, I, I've even like seen conversations where like, they'll go super hard at each other and then you get them in a conversation and it's like super civil. And I think like, this is, this is why I like doing podcasts because it's like, well, we can actually like, okay, we don't have to like do these toxic snippets at each other or like whatever. Like we can actually like just have the conversation. We probably agree on more than what you think. Um, and that like, we all care about health. We all care about like, you know, empowering you for like whatever your goal happens to be. Like we just maybe disagree on like the value of the weight on the scale. Like, like that might, you know, and I actually had like on my podcast, I had like, I guess like a debate with like a weight loss dietitian and we had on the conversation um, and it was actually really civil because we actually agreed on a lot of things. I think that was like super important. We both cared about health. We both agreed that weight loss wasn't everything. We both agreed that healthy habits mattered. Like, you know, it actually like, it was not nearly as like aggressive as like, we kind of went in as like, oh, like we actually agree on like most things. And I thought like that was, you know, um, online's not as, we don't disagree as much as people might think that we do. I think like that's like important to message. Yeah. What the listeners didn't hear was when you went off, you went offline, you're like, wow, what an idiot that person was. Just kidding. That's not what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't know. I, I know it was totally civil. I enjoyed her time on the podcast. That was great. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think like that needs to happen as well. And like, if we are going to show people that weight neutral training is beneficial, then like we have to be welcoming and understanding to where they are and like kind of just show that there's like a new route. A lot of the women that I work with, I'm the first weight neutral trainer they've ever heard of. So like, I think that's, you know, like, it's, like a lot of them joined because they're like, I just don't even know like what to say. I'm just intrigued. <laughs> like, what does this look like? You're like, like perfect. What Bring like? more like, of your friends. <laughs> yeah. Or they're like, yeah. <laughs> and like for them, it's just like, I just, I didn't know I didn't have to focus on the weight on the scale. Like that's just like, it, it's not even that they disagreed. It's that like, this wasn't even on the table. Mm -hmm. Like that's like, this wasn't like, I, I just want people to know this is like an option. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, and then they can go from there, but a lot of people don't even know that this exists. And I think, you know, we, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot a of work to do. We should be shouting it from the rooftops in a very positive way. <laughs> yes. Positive energy from the rooftops, <laughs> not like telling people that they're awful online. I think like there's, there's too much of that and it's unproductive. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Well, Mark, thank you so, so much for coming on today. This has been awesome. If there's one thing that you would love to leave the listeners with today, what would that be? I think the big one is that you're stronger than you think you are. I think that's like a really important thing is that like you can accomplish so much by focusing on strength, like whatever your goals are, if you want to lift a heavy weight, if you want to be able to do pull-ups, if you want, you know, and you can accomplish this in a smaller amount of time than you probably think. And I think like, that's a really cool process. Um, for anybody who's listening here, like you guys can message me and let me know. I have like free workout guides that I can like send you. So like, uh, just send me a DM on either like Instagram or like my email or whatever it is. And just be like, Hey, like I heard you from Dana's podcast. Like, I'm happy to just send that over for free and just kind of like get you started. But um, yeah, I, I think my big message is I just want, you can accomplish more than you think on this journey. And then tell people all the places where they should DM you or find you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am on, for as much as I bash TikTok, I am on it. Um, I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Training Strong Women. I do a lot of content to help like women who are new lifters get into strength training. So I kind of work with that, like, I guess, beginner level, like, um, and then I also have a podcast of my own called who's lifting today, where we go into a lot of details on this. And I try to really explain like, okay, you're a new lifter. How do we, how do we get you in there? How do we get you to deadlift your body weight? Um, how do we make it so that strength training is more a part of your life in like a realistic way and like kind of removing the barriers. And we go into like longer conversations on, um, how to make that happen. I love that. So those are the big three. Yeah, those are the big three. Those are the big three. And all of that will be in the show notes for anyone who either didn't remember, didn't write it down. It'll be there. You can just click on it, go straight to Mark's profile. So thank you again for coming on. This is awesome. No worries. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.